The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I am so excited about today's episode because I get to combine two topics I am super passionate about but not quite yet. I wanted to start with a reminder, a very timely reminder, that the end of the year is sneaking up on us very quickly, which means January will be here. Before you know it, we will kick off our winter 12 Weeks to Transformation group on January 13th. I believe that's the second Sunday in January. The second Sunday of January is when we're going to start. But there's going to be a bonus week this time. Because I was going back and forth between should we start the first Sunday of the new year or the second Sunday. I know that a lot of people are going to want to hit the ground running and really dive into awareness and self-care and making great choices right away. But I also want to give people a little bit of time to get back into the swing of work. Maybe they won't have been keeping up on emails or with podcasts through the holiday season. So I want to cover both bases. We will kick off on the second Sunday of January, but there will be a bonus week beginning Sunday, January 6th, a week before the kickoff for folks who are registered to really get to know each other, to create some momentum, to build a relationship, me and you, because it'll be a smaller group before we actually kick off. So I will open up registration to the waitlist first, and that's going to happen in just a couple weeks that I will open up registration for the winter 12 weeks to transformation in just a couple weeks. So if you are curious, if you want to know more, if you want to have the first opportunity to register because space is limited, I do limit enrollment because it is so important to me to be able to respond to everybody. So if I don't have a limit on enrollment, I can't show up the way I want to show up, the way I demand of myself to show up for my clients. So you can get on the wait list by going to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 538, because that's today's episode number. So if you go to primalpotential.com forward slash 538, scroll down under the word resources, you will see a link to the wait list. Alternatively, you can just go to primalpotential.com and hit the work with me tab and do it that way. If you have questions about what the 12 weeks to transformation is, what's included, how much it costs, any of that kind of stuff, please take a listen to episode 515, 515. I will link to that in the show notes as well. So just head over to primalpotential.com forward slash 538. You can hop on the wait list there and also link to episode 515 to understand 
how I work with clients, how it's different from listening to a podcast, right? What's it like to work with me versus just listening to the podcast, as well as all the information about the features, the benefits, who it's for, who it's not for, how much it costs, all of that kind of stuff. So check that out for sure because registration will be opening up here in the next couple weeks. Okay, now we get to get to what I'm pumped about for today. I get to be both science geeky, my favorite thing to be, and also practical, close second. If you are over 30, I am talking to you. And if you are not yet 30, you've got to hear this so you're in a better place than many of us who are over 30. And I've got to give a huge shout out to my friend Darcy. She's in the Primal Potential Masters Club. She sent me an email the other day that prompted this episode. Kudos to you, Darcy. I love it when people do that. If you have suggestions for topics, show topics, questions you want answered, let me know. Darcy's email said, I heard you on a recent podcast talk about how in your 30s you start losing muscle. I have known this to be true, but it would be cool if you could elaborate. What does this mean? What can people do? What should people not do? Oh my goodness, Darcy. Yes, yes, and yes. Uh, You are so right. This is such an important topic. And a lot of times, where I want to straighten people's perspectives right out of the gate, a lot of times people think about this in terms of either strength, And they don't care, like, well, being strong isn't super important to me. Or they think about it in terms of body composition. But it is so much more than that. We generally know that if we are losing muscle mass, it's not doing good things for the way we look in the mirror or the way our clothes fit. It's certainly not doing anything good for our strength. But guys, it is so much more than that. And we are going to dive into the science stuff as well as the practical stuff today, right now. We're doing it. This is referred to by the term sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is age-related muscle loss. The important thing to know is that it is preventable and reversible. Anybody who is saying, oh, it's just because I'm getting older, Well, that might be true, but that doesn't mean there isn't something you can do to stop it, to reverse it, to prevent it, etc. Because you absolutely, absolutely can. Here's what we need to know. Beginning at around age 30, and there will be variability for every individual, of course. For some people, this can start much younger. And for some people, it might not begin until after age 30. But generally speaking, around age 30, 30, which I think we all agree is pretty young. And if you don't think 30 is young, buzz off. I don't like you. So beginning around age 30, you can lose anywhere from 3% to 8% of your muscle mass every decade. Now, if you were thinking I was going to say every year, you're probably like, oh, every decade. That's not so bad. But yeah, it freaking is. And that rate of decline accelerates after age 60. So we're talking about anywhere from 3 to 8% after age 30, but then we see a more rapid decline of muscle mass after age 60. Yes, 
This changes your body composition without question. Things get a little bit more wiggly and jiggly, but that is the least of my concerns right now. Yeah, you're going to have changes in your mobility. You're not going to be able to do the things that you are able to do when you're down 16% muscle mass between ages 30 and 50. That's massive. It also causes your energy to decline. It impacts your hormone balance. It impacts your metabolism. And we're going to start with the conversation about metabolism But from the 1,000-foot view, the big picture common sense idea, so many of the things that people naturally associate with aging, they just don't have the same level of energy, their clothes don't fit the same, they can't seem to eat the way they ate before without it negatively impacting their physique. A lot of this has less to do with aging and more to do with the fact that you are not being disciplined and responsible in the way that you are aging to ensure that you prevent the loss of muscle mass. A lot of the changes, energy, inflammation, mobility, flexibility, strength, stamina, metabolism are coming from the fact that you are losing muscle. And you do not have to lose muscle as you age. That is not a foregone conclusion, but we do have to be intentional about stopping muscle loss or become intentional about increasing muscle mass, which is also possible as you age. I want to talk about metabolism because when we know better, we can do better. If you are somebody who does not exercise regularly, if you are somebody who is not intentionally increasing your strength, if you are not intentionally doing something about this age-related decline in muscle mass, you are losing muscle mass. You might not care about being strong. You might not desire to be a CrossFit athlete or any of the things that I find really fun. But know this, if you are not doing something to prevent muscle wasting, or you aren't doing something to intentionally increase your muscle mass, your metabolism will be worse off because of it. Muscle mass is not just about strength and power. Muscle mass plays a huge role in, drumroll please, carbohydrate metabolism. I know you've heard me talk about this before if you've been around the podcast for a while, but sometimes we don't put the pieces together. So let's do that now. One of the primary reasons that people experience weight gain as they get older isn't because of the age. It's less even because of the hormones. It's because they're losing muscle, right? Because they aren't intentionally maintaining or increasing that muscle mass, it's changing their body's ability to metabolize carbohydrate. Less muscle mass, because you aren't intentionally working to maintain it or increase it, and it naturally, if you are not actively trying to change that, it will drop off as you get older after age 30, very rapidly. This decrease in muscle mass means two primary things as it relates to carbohydrate metabolism. And it means a lot of things, but these are the two big ones. When you lose muscle mass, you have less glycogen storage space. Remember that the building blocks of carbohydrates are glucose. So when we consume carbohydrates, 
They are made up of chains of glucose. And when we go through the digestive process, the metabolic process is to break down macronutrients like carbohydrates into their simplest building block. The way that they are used by the body, the way they are stored by the body is once they are broken down to that individual building block. In the case of carbohydrate, we're talking about glucose. Once your body has broken down the carbs you consume to glucose, your body uses what it needs immediately and stores the rest. When I say immediately, I mean right then, that moment. If it is not needed for fuel in that moment, the rest has to be stored. And when we're talking about glucose, you have two short-term storage spaces in your body and one that is longer term. The two short-term ones are limited storage space. It means the space is finite, and when it's full, you go into the long-term unlimited storage, which we'll talk about in just one second. So the short-term limited storage space is going to be your liver and your muscle tissue. Your muscles are a short-term limited storage space for glucose. It actually gets stored in the form of glycogen, which is just chains of glucose, but that is one of the two short-term limited storage spaces for glucose. When your liver and your muscle tissue storage space is full, that is when we see the carbohydrate that we eat getting converted to and stored as body fat which is longer-term storage and unlimited because we can just pack on more and more and more and more body fat. Hate to admit it, but it is true. So when you lose muscle mass because you are not doing anything to prevent losing muscle mass or you're not doing enough or you're not doing it consistently, that means you have less of this short-term storage space in your muscle tissue. Less muscle tissue means less room for glycogen to be stored, which means you can eat the same amount of food you always ate, but more of it is being converted to and stored as fat than was before because there's just not as much space. You are losing that space in your muscle mass when you are not increasing your muscle tissue. When people say, oh, I just can't eat the way I used to eat. I'm, I'm eating less than I was eating before, but I feel like I'm putting on weight. A large part of that is due to the fact that you are not doing what you need to do to maintain or build muscle mass. You're not doing it enough or you're not doing it consistently, okay? So when we lose muscle mass, we lose that short-term storage facility for glycogen, which means there is a lower threshold now for carbohydrate consumption prior to the conversion to and storage as fat. That's number one. Number two, as it relates to the impact of muscle loss on metabolism, is related to the presence of GLUT4 transporters in the muscle tissue. So inside your muscles, there are these things called GLUT4 transporters, which allow for carbohydrate metabolism, okay? When you have less muscle mass, when you're losing muscle mass, you have fewer of these GLUT4 transporters. Well, what does that mean? It means that blood sugar is not being cleared as quickly or as efficiently. That means that blood sugar 
rises higher than it did before or than it would if you had more muscle mass. And also, insulin stays elevated for longer than it did before or that it would if you had more muscle mass. The presence of GLUT4 transporters is related to our efficient metabolism of carbohydrates. So less muscle, fewer GLUT4 transporters, less efficient metabolism of carbohydrate, okay? Blood sugar goes up more, stays elevated for longer, and we don't want to lose sight of the fact that this is related not only to things like general health and neuropathy, uh, this, this health of our blood flow to our extremities absolutely is linked to our ability to maintain stable blood sugar, which goes down as we lose GLUT4 transporters. But also, when insulin is elevated for longer, as will happen as your GLUT4 transporters drop off because you're losing muscle mass, that means you're staying out of fat burning mode because your body does not allow for fat burning when insulin is elevated. Insulin is an anabolic hormone that says fuel is present, use the fuel that's here, don't burn fat because we don't need the fuel. So as you reduce the number of GLUT4 transporters, insulin stays elevated for longer, you're less efficiently metabolizing those, those carbohydrates, and you're keeping yourself out of fat burning mode. This is why there's actually a strong association between sarcopenia or age-related muscle loss and diabetes and metabolic syndrome, all related to the role of muscle in efficient carbohydrate metabolism. The other thing, and, and you've probably already thought of this, is that muscle is more metabolically active than fat. So when you have more muscle, it requires more fuel to maintain it meaning your body uses more of the fuel that you consume, more of the food that you consume to maintain itself. As you lose muscle, your energy needs decrease. And so if you're eating the same, even if you're eating less and you're gaining weight, well, your body just doesn't need as much fuel as you lose muscle. This happens when we aren't doing enough aren't doing enough consistently, or aren't doing anything to intentionally maintain or even build our muscle mass. There's also a link between muscle mass and bone density. And a lot of people probably think, well, what does my muscle mass have to do with whether or not my bones are strong? And it's really about the way our bones respond to being under stress, under load, right? So weight training, for example, actually signals our bones to get stronger. It tells our bones they have a need to be stronger. And so we see more mineral deposits into the bones and less minerals leaving the bone. So there is a huge link between strength training and bone density, and we also see the reverse, that as we lose muscle, we also lose bone density. No bueno. Building strength, maintaining strength also helps build and maintain strong bones. The other thing that this is very much related to is your immune system. One of the benefits to really working hard to both maintain and build strength is that the protein in your muscles is sort of like 
a backup for your immune system. Not that your muscles in any way replace your immune system, but the protein that is the component of your muscle tissue is kind of like your body's safety net. When you lose muscle, your body doesn't have that protein reserve that is so critically important when you get sick. Whether a stress, illness, injury of any kind, right? Obviously, when we see extreme injuries, like one of the most extreme injuries in terms of its tax on the body systems would be like extreme burns. And protein utilization in the body goes through the freaking roof when you're recovering from something as severe as a burn. And it obvious it often far exceeds what we can consume from our diet. And so knowing that you have enough muscle mass means your body sort of has a reserve that it can turn to for recovery. And as you decrease that muscle reserve, you also decrease the reserve that your body has in times of illness. One of the things that a lot of research has looked at is the success or the survival rate of folks with cancer looking at muscle mass. And muscle mass is actually an independent predictor of survival rate with all kinds of cancer, even when we when we equate for factors like age and gender, because your body is much more resilient, much more able to weather the health storm when you have that reserve of protein from your muscle. As you lose muscle, you lose the ability to really survive some of those stressful health conditions that will rely on that protein reserve. It is so important that we know that this sarcopenia, age-related muscle loss, is both preventable and reversible. You need to get stronger while you can. I tell my clients all the time, very rarely related to muscle loss, but it's the same the same theory. It's much easier to keep up than to catch up. So while if you are 70 years old and thinking, oh my gosh, I've lost so much muscle, you can catch up. You can build muscle. It won't be easy, but it is possible. But for those of you that are 30, 35, 40, heck, 20, 50, 55, it is easier to keep up than to catch up. Do what you can now so that you don't find yourself in a position where you've broken a bone, where you've injured yourself, where you're facing a serious illness and you need that protein reserve and you don't have it. Do what you can now. I am really blessed that two of my grandmothers are still alive. One is 98. The other is 90, almost 91. My 91-year-old grandmother still lives on her own, still does her own laundry, cooks her own meals, and she lives on the second story of a building, and she always takes the stairs. Every day, multiple times a day, whether she feels like it or not, whether she wants to or not, she always takes the stairs. And one of the last times that I was visiting her, I was with my sister and we were both just like, Graham, like rock star status, there are elevators and you take the stairs. And she said, once I stop taking them, I won't be able to take them. So I take them every day 
so that I know I always can. It reminds me too of a woman I used to go to church with who had a daughter who was severely physically handicapped. She couldn't walk on her own. And at the time she was like, the daughter was 13 or 14 years old. And I was always so impressed that this woman I went to church with could still lift her daughter, like pick her up, carry her up the stairs, all of this stuff, because the the mother's not, not a particularly like, you know, robust woman. She's petite little thing and she's carrying this teenager. And she told me that she heard once that if you lift an elephant every day from the day that elephant was born for the rest of its life, if you lift it every day, you will always have the ability to lift it. But if you stop lifting it and then you try to go back to it, you will quickly lose that ability. And so when she heard that story, she decided that she was going to carry her daughter every single day. Granted, she needed to. Her daughter was physically disabled. But she knew that she would always be able to, even as her daughter gained weight, even as her daughter grew, because she never stopped. And this is this is my grandmother's perspective on the stairs. Your physical strength is without question a use it or lose it kind of thing. So are you using your body's physical capacity? Sarcopenia, muscle loss is preventable and reversible, but you can't just hope for the best. If you aren't sure if you're getting stronger, you're not. Because when you're getting stronger, you'll know. If you aren't sure if you're getting weaker, you are. Because when you're getting stronger, you'll know because you'll be participating in it significantly. I know I'm getting stronger because I see it in the gym. But if I wasn't intentionally working my body, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Okay, you've got to be deliberate in this. And absolutely lifting weights is one way to do it, whether you do it at home or you do it at the gym, whether you go it alone, whether you hire a trainer. But there's other components of this, of preventing muscle wasting related to nutrition, related to inflammation, all sorts of things. And we're going to talk about that. And it's not just the physical strength we build in the gym. When I was with the Masters Club the other day, we were talking about how we often focus on the 20 minutes, the 30 minutes, the hour we spend in the gym, but there's so much we can do to become stronger in the other 23 hours of the day, or let's call it 12 to factor in for time asleep and things like that. For example, when I was talking to the Masters Club about this, I said, do me a favor right now, and we were all kind of in chairs and on couches, I said, everybody sit up as tall as you can. Do not support your back or your head on anything behind you. All right, so back totally straight, shoulders back and down. And then imagine that there is a string pulling the crown of your head towards the ceiling. Sit up as tall as you can and hold it there. What you will find, and we were talking about this uh, around the room in the Masters Club, for some people it's after 10 or 20 seconds. For other people it's after a few minutes and there is no right or wrong here. You're going to start to feel that your posterior chain, your back, is getting tired and you want to slouch, you want to relax, you want to lean back into the cushion behind you, that is an opportunity to build your strength every flipping day. 
Do I think that is enough to combat age-related muscle wasting? I absolutely do not. But do I think that is a step in the right direction, something we can do when we're not physically challenging our bodies? Oh, yes, I do. And this is something I try to do it when I'm meditating. I also do this every time I'm on the toilet. It is so easy to rest your forearms on your legs and sort of round your back and hunch forward. But I have linked sitting on the toilet with sitting up as straight as possible. And when my back starts to feel tired, I'm like, perfect. That's how I know that my body needs this opportunity to build strength. That is just one way to tackle that. If you are not sure where to start, if you're like, okay, whoa, yeah, I really want to participate in getting stronger, building strength, maintaining strength, but I don't know where to start. Fortunately for you, I have done a number of episodes on this, and I'm going to link to them in the show notes over on primalpotential.com. So for example, let's see here, what do we got? Episode 513, episode 160, episode 215, episode 35. If you are feeling like, okay, I hear you, but I don't know anything about this or where to begin and I don't want to get hurt, begin with those episodes. They are a great place to start. This does not mean that you need to become a CrossFit athlete. This does not mean that you ever have to touch a barbell in your life. There are many wonderful ways to preserve your muscle mass, but they all require effort. If you just wake up in the morning, get ready for work, go to work, sit in your chair, come home, sit on the couch, you will be losing a rapid amount of muscle mass every single year. And that will impact your immune system. It will impact your hormones. It will impact your metabolism. It will impact your overall health, your body composition, you name it. And I mentioned to you that in terms of what we can do about this, yes, strength training is huge. It is so important, and I recommend it for everybody. It can take many, many, many forms from Pilates and yoga all the way up to Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit, right? Not lifting weights in the Olympics, but the sport of Olympic weightlifting. There's a lot of other things at play here, like inflammation, Inflammation reduces muscle synthesis. Inflammation reduces your body's ability to build muscle. So if you feel like, well, Elizabeth, I've been going to the gym every year, but I still don't feel like I'm getting stronger, then I want you to look at inflammation. And this is something that I talk about religiously on the podcast because it's critical not just to aging, but to overall health and every aspect of health. Inflammation reduces our body's ability to build muscle. And inflammation, one of the biggest culprits of an inflammatory response or an overactive inflammatory response is going to be diet. Overeating drives your inflammatory responses. Overconsumption of sugar, of trans fats, of oxidized fats, eating foods to which you are sensitive, these drive inflammation, make changes there. Stress drives inflammation. Physical stress, maybe because of an injury that you have not been taking care of or because of emotional stress that you are not successfully dealing with, these things drive inflammation. You've got to do that work. Lack of sleep drives inflammation. Make a change. You only have one life. 
whatever is keeping you up at night, whatever is impairing your sleep, work on it. It doesn't mean you're going to find the perfect solution, but you can find an improvement for you. Inflammation is hugely, hugely important. Reduce sugar, reduce overeating, reduce trans fats, processed foods, etc. The other thing that's at play here is making sure you're eating enough protein. And I will first say this before people get all nutsy, panicky about how many grams of protein. I'm not going to engage in that conversation. I'll tell you why. When you focus on whole foods first, unless you're a vegetarian or a vegan, and I've done episodes on that, so just go ahead and search primalpotential.com and they'll come right up. If you are committed to whole foods, really eating quality foods, limiting processed foods, limiting sugar, you can get enough protein in your diet, right? Vegetarians and vegans need a little bit more intentionality, and I've talked about that in the, in the podcast before, so we're not going to take that hard right turn right now. But if you're eating well, eating real food, not eating processed foods, it's not hard to get enough protein. So let's not get all nutso about grams of protein. At least not nutso with me. There are other people that will indulge that brand of crazy. I'm just I'm just more of a common sense gal and life's too short to be like freaking out over if you should have 0.7 grams per pound of lean mass or 1 gram like uh, nope, I'm not the girl for that. Keep it simple, eat well. Generally speaking, you know if you aren't eating enough protein and you know what foods consume protein or contain protein, so eat more of them, right? The other thing, in addition to making sure you're getting enough protein from good quality products, you know, not from like processed food products, protein shakes and bars, not necessary here, emphasize your omega-3 fatty acids, I don't personally supplement with omega-3s, but that is because I make sure to incorporate salmon and grass-fed ground beef on a regular basis. So your foods that are going to be rich in omega-3s are primarily animal-based foods. Again, those grass-fed ground beef products as well as um, fish like salmon, sardines, anchovies, etc. The reason that that has a role in muscle mass is because omega-3s actually help your body's general protein metabolism. They help your body to both metabolize protein, which is going to get rid of damaged proteins that need to be recycled, but also facilitate your body building up your muscle mass by using well the protein you consume. Omega-3s help with that, all right? The bottom line here is to start doing something about it instead of just hoping that everything will be okay. So many people focus on their weight without ever considering these things that have such a significant impact on weight. You are going to be chasing a laser beam that you'll never catch if you're trying to lose weight, but you're not intentionally maintaining or building your muscle mass because you're just, you're fighting a losing battle. Your metabolism changes so much as you lose muscle mass that that has to be a part of the equation. Going back for just one second to the exercise side of things, we are not talking about cardiovascular exercise. We're talking about exercise that builds strength. 
with cardio, what you see is the adapta- uh, the adaptation to the calorie burn. Okay, so over time, and this is great, cardiovascular exercise, running, jogging, ellipticaling, whatever you want to call it, biking, is going to be great for things like blood flow and heart rate, which are critically important, but they're not as good at maintaining and certainly not at building muscle mass because what happens as you continue to do cardiovascular exercise is that your body adapts and becomes more efficient, you're burning fewer calories over time, even as you do the same thing, because you just become more efficient at that thing. The difference between that and resistance training, weight training, is that while your body adapts to resistance training and weight training, the the adaptation, why am I having a hard time with that word today? The adaptation happens in a different way. While with cardiovascular exercise, the adaptation is efficiency in the calorie burn, with weight and resistance training, the adaptation is with increased strength. So your body does adapt to the weight training. It adapts by you getting stronger, which is exactly what we want. It's also why I will emphasize here that as you adapt, so let's say, for example, that we are talking about an overhead press. And let's keep it super simple and say that you are using 20-pound dumbbells for your overhead press. And initially, you're really struggling to get six or seven reps with good form. But after a few months, you're doing 10 no problem, that's when you increase the weight, okay? You don't stay there with the 20s because it's what you've always done. You're continually adding to the load so that your body continues to get stronger, all right? Keep that in mind. Weak things break. Weak things break. This is not just a one approach kind of thing, This is a multifactorial issue. You must do some resistance training. You must clean up your diet. You must reduce the inflammation, but you don't have to start with all of them right now. Today, maybe you just begin with that posture exercise, right? Shoulders back and down, back straight, right? You've got a string pulling the crown of your head to the top and then see how long you can hold that before your back starts to fatigue and then hold it for a minute longer. And then do it again in an hour and try to have the majority of your posture throughout the day be that shoulders back and down, spine is straight, head is being gently pulled up towards the ceiling. Don't be discouraged if you start to feel tired after 10 or 15 seconds. It just shows you the room that you have for building strength in that way. And also go back and listen to those past podcast episodes. I'm going to link them up. Primalpotential.com forward slash 538 is a good way to revisit the ideas of fitness, of strength, of some core movements that can be just a a starting point. Obviously, when we talk about strength and resistance training, there are a bajillion things you can choose from. You don't have to figure that all out right now. You just have to start somewhere. And maybe starting someplace is holding a plank for a minute right now. Maybe it is doing 20 bodyweight squats. Maybe it's reaching back out to that trainer you used to work with but stopped because that is something you need to invest in for your own health and longevity. Those are some things to consider moving forward. 
If you have any questions, you know where to find me. You can leave a comment over on the show notes page, primalpotential.com forward slash 538. You can direct message me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. You can shoot me an email, but I'm excited to hear what you do with this. And thank you again to Darcy for this question. If you guys have topics you'd like me to touch on here on the podcast, tell me. It's your show. That's why I'm here, to help you help yourself. I want to wrap up with a meal I loved and a workout I loved. I'm going to start with the workout because I just did it this morning and it was amazing. I texted my trainer and I said, can we flip tires this week? You know, like big tractor tires. And she said, yeah, sure. But of course, today it was like rainy and gross, but we still did it. I did a 15-minute AMRAP, which means as many reps as possible in 15 minutes of two tire flips. Uh, 10 sledgehammer swings onto the tire and a 100 meter sled drag. Uh, The sled was about 100 pounds. The tire is about 450 pounds and it was an amazing workout. I had so much fun. It was super hard and I loved every second of it. The meal. Oh my gosh. If you guys have not checked out the Primal Potential blog for my Thanksgiving meal, you're missing out. Um, I had Thanksgiving a few days early with my boyfriend and my good friend Sarah from Seasold. If you haven't checked her out, she is amazing. And I made a turkey from Nom Nom Paleo, the spatchcocked turkey. It was the best turkey I've ever had. It was only my second time making a turkey, and it was exceptional. It was out of this world. The full menu is up on the Primal Potential blog. To everyone who is celebrating Thanksgiving or has already celebrated Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving. I am so grateful for every one of you for the time you take to join me and talk about ways that we can improve our lives together. It's such a joy and I'm excited about what's to come, especially as it relates to maintaining and building your strength for your health, for your body composition, for your metabolism, and just for your confidence, right? Use it or lose it. I'll chat with you soon, guys. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.